Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Around the Hill, there are whispers that a climate-focused Build Back Better spinoff bill may be on the horizon. And the big question is, just like last time, will Democratic Senator Joe Manchin support it? So Politico's Zach Coleman spoke with a group of individuals who have the senator's ear about what he likes and doesn't like when it comes to climate and energy policies. You have Angie Rosser, Colin O'Mara, Fatih Biral, Jennifer Granholm, Brian Deese. You could call them Manchin's climate confidants. These confidants could offer a glimpse into what Manchin might want moving forward. And today, Zach and I talk about some of those climate advocates and how Manchin could shape future green legislation. It's Friday, April 1st. So the climate advocates that have Joe Manchin to are Angie Rosser, who leads the West Virginia Rivers Coalition, Colin O'Mara, who is the CEO of the National Wildlife Federation, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, IEA Executive Director Fatih Birol, and Brian Deese, who is the National Economic Council Director at the White House. Interesting group of climate confidants there. So do we have any sense if these people have been persuasive at getting Manchin to come back to the table on a reconciliation package? And do we know what sort of policies they're pushing for that might be in sync with what Manchin wants? Effective? I don't know. I mean, we're still not necessarily talking about actual legislative text, but Joe Manchin has said that he'll restart conversations. He's put out a framework for what might work for any sort of big democratic reconciliation plan, which would include climate spending. We know that there are people talking to him and they seem to speak a lot of the same language as Joe Manchin. I mean, you've got people who really understand where he's coming from here, where he wants there to be a clean manufacturing base in West Virginia, that he's not about just paying people to not take a job and pay out their living careers with a federal check. He wants people to have jobs and he doesn't want to eliminate fossil fuels. He wants to figure out some way to reduce their emissions impact that cause climate change, but keep those jobs in play. Right. And can, can you also tell me a little bit about Angie Roser? She's interesting. She leads the West Virginia Rivers Coalition. As you said, you call her one of Manchin's top environmental contacts. What's their relationship? How do they see eye to eye? Yeah. So Angie and Joe Manchin actually got to know each other in Manchin's governorship in the mid 2000s to late 2000s. But now she leads the West Virginia Rivers Coalition, and they talk often about protecting natural areas like forests and head streams. And they also talk about some of the solutions that are needed for climate change. And she was telling me that a lot of the East and West Coast messages put out there about climate change and the attacks on Joe Manchin just fail to understand or recognize the legacy of fossil fuels in the state and how difficult it is for the state and its people to envision a future without it. So there's anxiety about any sort of transition. And she tries to approach her conversations with Manchin in that way, knowing that this is a hard conversation for people in West Virginia to have. And really, like, how do you even envision a future without it? Right. And just on Fatih Burrell, you cite a conversation they had around a report that the IA put out. And 
clarifying that that report didn't amount to ending fossil fuels. I mean, how are these conversations informative of kind of what Manchin might want out of a package in this current moment? Yeah, IEA's report that it was calling for net zero emissions worldwide by 2050 was pretty drastic. I mean, it's not an organization that's thought of as progressive, bleeding edge, but Joe Manchin got on the phone and said, hey, hey, wait a minute, we can still use carbon capture and clean hydrogen and things like that, you know, so we can still have fossil fuels. We just can't have their emissions, right? And then Fatih Birol had to say, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. So that really kind of points at what Joe Manchin's worldview is. It's let's have all the things we still have, but just not the emissions. So he's really counting on technological innovation. So if you're really going to be talking to Joe Manchin about climate change and investments in clean energy, part of that clean is going to include CCS and hydrogen, but that's not a beloved technology for a lot of environmental groups, for a lot of liberals who think of those as false solutions. I mean, do we have any sense about the size and the and kind of the scope of, of what he might want to re-engage on? And also timing, you did in your story kind of shed some light there as well. We don't know about the size and the scope. We know that he wants to roll back a lot of the Republican past tax cuts in 2017. He wants to reform prescription drug pricing and use those proceeds to pay down the debt and to fund climate initiatives. But we don't really know what the size is after that. That framework, though, is something to work with. And he has intimated that he would like to get something done in this next work period in Congress, which runs from April until Memorial Day, essentially. So the time is now, and a lot of the people on the Hill are acting that way. A lot of the environmental groups that want to see something get done are acting that way. They really see Memorial Day as a de facto deadline for getting something in principle agreed to. Also, on Thursday, the White House unveiled some new tactics to help the nation lower gas prices. President Joe Biden announced that he will order the release of 1 million barrels of oil per day for the next six months from the nation's strategic reserves. That would increase U.S. oil supply by 8.5%. Biden also said that he would urge Congress to press the oil industry to increase drilling on federal lands. Both moves are the latest attempt by the White House and Democrats to temper the volatile oil markets that have driven gasoline prices to all-time highs since Russia invaded Ukraine. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Carlos Prieto and Raghu Manuvalan edited this week's podcast. Normal Malaykel is the podcast producer. Jenny Ament is the senior producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back Monday. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.